Good evening, everyone. For those that are just tuning in, this is going to be a feralism video. First Facebook Live ever. We just have to get our guest star in, so just bear with us. Thank you very much. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. There you go. There you go. There you go, sir. Way more difficult than it needed to be, but uh, we're here now. I know. Good evening, everyone. Farrell here. We have our guest, Doll, and the little corner store, as we will call it. So tonight's Farrell is going to be coping with life. And first live video ever be one of many and one of many with guest stars as well so Angie would you like to say hi to everyone that is now in our live stream well uh, wait right there Farrell so today to piggyback off of what Farrell was saying we're going to be talking about coping with loss and what it means to lose a loved one or you know somebody that really impacted me or um even 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 a big star like uh, Kobe Bryant or someone that really impacted uh, world culture. Thank you very much, Andrew. So, just to give you guys a little background, um, we have a lot. I know at least I have a decent amount of experience coping with loss. Uh, recently, actually, I just lost my cat. Uh, her name was Susie. She passed away at 15 years old due to cancer, and then a little bit before that. I lost, our, at around the same time, we both lost our friend, Rob Emmons. Uh, for those that are tuning in that know him, he went to Cherry High School, graduated class of 2012. Really star kid. He was he was the best of us. And then before that, just, just don't mind us if we uh, get a little teary on you. It's just, you know, it's sad. Um, before that, I lost my professor about a year ago. His name was Alan Hart. I thought I saw his one of his daughters tune in, but he was a phenomenal professor. He really helped pave the way for where I'm at today with my career in criminal justice and what I'm doing with my life. So big losses in my life. Um, Andrew, I'm not sure if you want to mention any specific people that or that you may have lost recently, just to give the audience a little understanding of where you're coming from. I want to start off saying, like, the biggest thing in this country we've been dealing with, I mean, outside of the politics and um, and the race with police but going past that, uh, one of the biggest issues we have is this, the drug opioid addiction. And we've seen that it struck home even at Cherokee High School in Marlton. Um, 15 to 20 people that either was in our class or a couple years older or younger, that I, at least that I know, and there's probably so much more that have passed in the past handful of years, mainly due to, you know, starting off on painkiller, due to, you know, maybe an ailment they've had or um, depression or anxiety and OCD, you know, simple things that, that we deal with as human beings every single day especially now in 2020 with the pandemic. Yeah. How difficult it's been to, you know, overcome like the challenges. It just seems like every day there's a new thing thrown at us. And 
you know, it's not the answer to suppress those emotions. You, you need to seek help. There's people there for you. There's people that love you. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I that, but... Yeah, and if you look at COVID-19 and you compare it, you go back, I know we were talking about this offline, the Great Depression, you know, stock market crashed. That was just an economical destabilization of our country, and it affected millions, uh, you know, and, and it affected people, their families. It didn't really, it's really hard for us to look in a textbook and look at that economic impact, but people were literally jumping out of windows, and they were, you know, taking their own lives. And one thing that I will actually bring up with that is that one of my, my, my bosses said a really interesting story, and he knew this guy who worked in, you know, in stocks in New York and this guy would always go and feed the homeless people. And he would help a lot of people have dinner that night because when it came down to it, he was like, Hey, listen, I may be here, but these people, they're down here and they have, this is all they have. And so one day when the stock market crashed, he was standing on the ledge and he was going to jump out the window. And he thought to himself, it's like, do I really want to do this? Like, this is this is it for me. But it's like, if I go now, you know, yeah, people might think differently of me. My friends might think, oh, you know, they might feel embarrassed that I took my own life. But what happens to all those homeless people that I helped? Like, they won't get fed. And so it was in that moment, he's like, no, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And he didn't, he didn't take his own life. But if you look at that compared to now, the only thing that's changed is that, you know, COVID-19 and the Great Depression, two different eras, but they're bringing the same impact of depression, anxiety, OCD. And I know I can speak from experience of, you know, dealing with that. It's like the only thing that's changed is the mentality of people and the surroundings around us and how everything has grown. But one thing I always like to say, any loss of life is a waste of life because I just feel like no matter how bad something is, you have to talk to someone. And I know that that's easier said than done, but I feel like now there's so many programs and so many things set up to help people avoid having to take their own life. You know, it must, must feel like this, you know, when someone's like nervous, let's say they're waiting to do a presentation or they're waiting on their first day and you get that like pit feeling in your stomach, you know, the butterflies is that you can only imagine what that person is feeling getting ready to take their own life. And, you know, it takes a lot to do that. And whether it's that or people just, you know, passing on of natural causes or like we were just saying with COVID-19, death takes a toll on anybody. You could be the strongest person in the room and it could still destroy you completely. But the most important thing I would say to take away from it is that in life, whether it's loss, anything you can think of, it's not about the circumstances that impact your life. It's how you react to them. You could have the most negative things happen to you and be the happiest person because you don't have to let them dictate your life. Now, with loss, it's a little different, though, because it's not like, hey, I got a bad grade on my test. I'll do better. You know, it stinks, but that's what it is. But you're losing someone. It's like they're close, like they're going away. And one analogy, I know we were just talking about this offline, too. Most of you in this live chat have probably seen Fast and Furious. I know you have, Andrew, you know, Vin Diesel, the, you know, The Rock, all that good stuff. Is that when you look at the one where Paul Walker, it's the last one he made, and they come to that crossroads, you know, you start there, but then you go back to the first one. 
they're also out of railroad tracks and they're on two different roads, but they're next to each other, which indicates that this is where the brotherhood, the friendship begins. This is where our lives are going to take us. They're going to take us parallel to each other and we're going to ride together. We're going to ride or die together. And then you fast forward all the way to the, the movie where they come up on a crossroads again. And Dom says, hey, you thought you could be without saying goodbye. And then as they race, they split apart. And so that symbolizes two journeys come to a certain point in their life where there was a fork and that friendship and that brotherhood separated them. One was going in one direction and one was going in another. And that's kind of how you have to look at loss is that as your loved one passes on, they're taking that next leap into their journey and maybe in a, a world we can't explain without getting too much into that. And we're still here, but the most, thing we can do is move on with our life i know they would want us to and move forward keep moving forward and finish our work here before we pass on and go reunite with them but you know that's the most important thing we can do is live our lives now if we just live our lives in a bubble it's very easy to just you know fall back in the old habits of just saying hey you know what I lost these people. I'm going to stay in this bubble. I'm not going to go anywhere. And that's going to be the end of it. The world and life still moves on, whether you decide to move on or not. And so you can stay put, but nothing else is going to stand still. And so that would just be a your life. And you wouldn't want your life trying to feel sorry for yourself on what has happened. You can just ask for help. And whether you're dealing with coping with whether you're coping with loss or whether you're on the brink of taking your own life just think about all you have left in your life and all you still have to live for i'm sure everybody has at least one friend or family member that they can count on and they can talk to or at least one positive thing going on in their life i i really i can't speak for everybody but i i have a hard time believing that at that point you know, there's nothing left to live for, or you feel like you've lost your whole world because you've lost someone. And so, you know, there's, there's a big world out there, you know, when the sun rises in the morning and you get up each day that you can get up and you're healthy and you wake up, especially now, that's a, that's another day of life you are given. It's, it's a grace. It is a privilege to be able to wake up like that. And you see that sunset and where that sunrise and you're saying to myself, it's a brave new world out there. Here's a new day and a new adventure. So each day you get that to just throw that all away or just to fall back and just be depressed about it. That's just a waste. And I feel like that's all your potential going down the drain. And I don't think anybody wants that. Even if they say they do, they, they really don't. Um, Andrew, I know I've taken the floor. Would you like to, uh, what, what are some of your thoughts? That was a, a lot to take in, Farrell. But uh, some takeaways, you know, what I want to and really reaffirm is uh, I like when you were talking about the crossroads and Fast and Furious because uh, it also can expand upon just um, you know loss and, and such. You can also talk about you know how friendships can just end abruptly or you know two people could just grow out of each other or bond with their lives for whatever reason, you, you know, your buddy could go to the military or go away to college, whatever. And, you know, they say that you can't pick your family, but you choose your friends. And it's, it's so evident. I think it shows a lot about 
who you are as a person and your character by like the people you spend the most time and uh, also uh, I think the best way to remember someone is to by um, keeping what they instilled on you and like keeping their memories like all the good memories you had and keep cherishing them and kind of I lost my train of thought, but kind of like whatever, like your memories were together, like you just continue to like light that flame and continue with their memory by, you know, cherishing the best way that you can by, you know, taking the advice they gave you or, you know, maybe they have a certain dream or something that they wanted to accomplish and, you know, you set up a charity for them or, you think of them when when you're doing something or you're having a hard time and you really need to get through something and need to cope with something you're like you know like they fought a good battle and they lived as long as they could and they weren't strong enough to move on but you can be and you you can carry their flame their life through you you know you know what i'm saying for yeah, and I can actually really attest to that. The two, these two points both go back to the night we went to Rob's vigil and we got that photo of him and I put that in my car visor. And I can't tell you a day goes by that when I'm dealing with something, especially everything that's happened in the coming of weeks since that, and I just touch my fingers and I just go like this and I'm like, Rob, I know you're up there and give me the grace to give me the, the strength to move on with today. And I just feel like he's there. I almost feel like he's listening. And just yesterday, if you want to talk a couple of loss too, I took a picture right above Coles and Marlton, and there was this big light aura of cloud. And right before that, my parents said, you know, they spoke to my cat who had passed on, and they were like, hey, listen, we loved you, but now it's your time to move into heaven. You know, you're watching over us, but we give you permission. You know, we're, we're ready to let you go. And then as soon as they said the cloud started or like we just saw that and my mom would go back and say hey you know I think that's heaven I think that's opening the doors and so but going to also what you were saying about friendship it's important too because you know you whether you're not always around with your friends you know people go away they go to school they go live in a different state I know you can relate to that with me I mean I've been away for two years but I come home every now and then and I same could be said when you went away to school. I mean, you went really far away and we would always talk on the phone and we would always FaceTime. And I mean, look at us. We st we're still here. We're doing this video right now. I mean, we're still friends. At least the last time I checked, we're still friends. <laughs> but it's like, you know, not a day goes by that when you left, you know, everything you've instilled me with in our friendship, I used every day. I still do. Even though you weren't there to say, hey, Farrell, you need to do this or hey, Farrell, what's this? I just, I, I just always picture when someone's not there, especially you, I always picture in my head, well, what would they say? What would Andrew say if you were here right now? And it's like, I, I can only assume the same was said for you when I was not always around as much as I could be when I was, you know, in DC. Definitely. I mean, you, Ryan Gallagher and a few other people really come to mind. I, I always thought I cherished friendships and I feel like Every one of my friends is unique and they bring a new perspective to my mind. And do I always 100% of what you tell me? No, but I take what it would apply to my life and make it my own. And 
I, I feel like at the end of the day, you need to make decisions for yourself as an adult, but your, your friends and family can, can advise you, push you to see something that maybe you didn't see was there beforehand. Like, or help you reach levels that didn't, you didn't even think was possible because like me for particular, like I'm, I'm always in my head a lot the last few years, you know, no, I mean, I post it on Facebook too. I'm pretty open about it. I've had a lot of depression issues and, and, and whenever I'm really down, like I'll call you and I'll be like, Hey, like, even if it's career wise or about relationships with other friends or girlfriends or whatever, um, you've always been a good sound mind and like really give me good solid advice that I need it. And that's not enough people are, are honest with themselves or other people. And they, they try to make it seem like everything's okay all the time. And you don't always have to be that strong in front of other people. Like you can show your emotions. Like, and if people think you're weak or whatever, like, who, who really cares? I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to, you know, you got to do what's best for you and you can't shelter your, yourself just to make an yeah. appearance. You know? And and those that say that, that say, hey, you know, like that, they're like, wait, why are you crying? Or why are you sad? Like, that's just because they're putting up a strong exterior and because they are feeling the same thing and they just don't want to admit it. The braver people are the ones that show it. It's like, you know, you, you maybe growing up, you hear real men don't cry or real men don't wear pink, stuff like that. Like, that that's a facade. You know, like if you have, if you're sad, like I know, for example, when we lost, when we were at the vigil, we both were crying. We were upset. Like, we're not going to put a facade on. It's those people that, you know, that they have this strong exterior and they don't show their emotion. That's the people I feel that explode the most. And that's who, you know, go down the dark paths or the ones that can't cope with loss. Like, if you don't let it out, then how can you cope with it? It's almost like it's like it's like you're holding it all in. And eventually it's like this. It's like a water hose. And when you turn it on, the water represents all your feelings. And if you turn it on and you let all your feelings out, it's going to, it's going to, you know, it's going to, all the water's going to shoot out. Your feelings are going to shoot out and it's going to, everything's going to keep moving. But the minute you keep that hose running with all those emotions and you put your foot on that hose or you tighten the knot and you block it, eventually all those emotions, all that water is going to go bursting out. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a mess everywhere. And whether we're talking about the hose and water or we're talking about our emotions, you don't want to be the broken, busted hose with all the emotions going everywhere. You want to be the hose that is naturally flowing with all the water and all the emotions because that's how you know it's a stable hose or, you know, you, a stable person. And, you know, again, what you were saying, you don't have to take everything people say, but they're clearly giving you advice for a reason. And I used to think maybe just take it with a grain of salt, but I'm going to say something that my boss, he's a wise man. He's big in the church. He's from the islands, So, you know, he's always got these awesome things to say. And one of the things he said, and you know, as I'm going through this next life transition, he said, Farrell, it's like, think of everybody giving you advice as a piece of meat, whether it be chicken, turkey, whatever your meat of choice is, you start eating it. So you, you, you eat all the meat and you chew up all the fat and you spit out all the bones. So when someone's giving you advice, you chew out, you chew and eat up everything you want, and then everything you don't want, 
you just spit it out like hey thanks for telling me this i really appreciate it or you know i really i, I get your point or maybe i don't agree with this it's like don't ever turn away advice advice is people who have experience what you've experienced or maybe they just have a unique perspective the world is made up of many diverse people and everybody's got some kind of journey they're on everybody's got some kind of experience that they can attest to and it's like it's like a puzzle you may only have a piece of the puzzle they may have the other piece and they may ha need a piece that you have if you talk to enough people and you get enough advice or you get enough life experience you get close to completing your puzzle your puzzle's obviously going to look different than theirs, but it's made up of different pieces, and maybe it's the same pieces everybody needs. You never know. And it also goes back to you never know what someone's going through unless you ask. Like one of the people I follow, he literally said, it's like, hey, you know, don't be afraid to say hi to someone. You might just make their day because you don't know what they're going through. I mean, that's one of my models of advice. Say hi to someone new every day or hang out with someone new every week. You just don't know what someone – like – that's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I've said this in one of my feralism videos before, and I, I still believe this to this day. Whether you want to go up to a girl or a guy and talk to them or ask them out, or you just want to go up to someone and say, hey, nice shirt, or hey, nice shoes, you can't be afraid to do that. At the end of the day, me and you, everybody, we're all human beings. Yeah, we look different, you know, different hair, different eyes, different color skin, you name it. But at the end of the day, we're all still human beings. And with that being said... We can't be afraid to go up to people. Like, especially now, you know, everybody's on their phones. Like, don't be afraid to have a conversation. And I feel that point has been more instilled now than ever because now that COVID has happened and people are isolated, they're missing out on what they, they want, you know, thriving on that human connection or that personal interaction. And if it's anything we can learn from this outbreak and this pandemic, and I hope people learn more about it now than ever because if they haven't already figured it out, listen, don't be afraid to talk to someone like Andrew. If you were this kid I never met before and you were at a bar or you were at a bookstore and I was like, hey, that kid seems really cool. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to do it. I'm not afraid to. Why, I don't get why people are afraid or maybe they're just in their own little headspace and they don't want to. But don't be afraid. You never know who you're going to meet. Like I've met some great people doing that and you make some awesome connections. Like when I was in the Washington uh, National Mall, I did the same thing. I walked around. I tried to loop around and say hi to someone new each day. It's like... It almost goes back to that instinct when you're kids, back when you don't care about anything else. When you're in grade school and you're making friends, you just go up to someone and say, hey, you want some of this apple juice? Or, hey, you want to come play with me? Like, as a kid, no one's afraid. So what makes us any different older? Like, yeah, we're more aware of everything and we have this mindset, but there's still no expectation. Like, you can go up to someone who you're interested in without having the expectation that you want that person to be your spouse, you can still have a nice conversation. They may not be the spouse you want, but hey, you still gain something. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've gone up to girls to try to ask them out or talk to them. And whether it worked out or not, I made some good friends or I met some really interesting people, especially, you know, being in D.C. There were so many different types of people that I met from all different walks of the park. And it's just it's important, especially when you, you know, this ties right into coping with loss. Life is too short. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We could all go to bed today, and we may not have it tomorrow. You know, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. So you want to live your life based on this one fact and this one principle. If I were to go tomorrow, am I happy with my life? Did I meet and talk to everybody I wanted to? Did I accomplish everything I wanted to? And if, the answer, if you can't answer that yes with 100% certainty, then you're doing something wrong or maybe you're just scared to. And listen, fear is natural. 
fear, it's a human instinct, but we have to overcome that fear. How we do that is up to us, you know, whether it's fear with coping with loss or you're afraid to go talk to someone, just do it. You know, no one's going to think any differently of you. And if they do, well, that's their problem. I mean, the, you know, it's like Rocky Balboa said, the world ain't sunshine and roses, but it doesn't mean you can't still go out. I mean, it's like, I also say this too, and then I'll let you or I say we fall only so we can rise. We can't be afraid to fall. We know, like if someone's going to say, hey, if you do this, you can fall. And then we just don't ever do it. You have to fall on your own so that you know how to pick yourself up. Because if you always avoid the fall, then how real, like how much experience do you have? It's, it's, you know, go into a pool. If you're afraid of the water, then you're never going to learn how to swim. If you're afraid of the ice and hockey rink, you're never going to be able to skate. So if you're afraid of what's going to happen and you don't do it as a result, well, then what's the point? I mean, through some of the greatest failures, can we soar to the highest lengths? So, I mean, that's, I know I threw a lot of getting at you, but I'll let you have the floor now and see what your thoughts are. Well, I'm pretty sure you should have been uh, in Aristotle's or uh, Greek mythology uh, philosophy. But, uh, but seriously, I bouncing off like two big examples from the first part of what you were talking about of just going up to people and being yourself and not really being afraid of what the reaction will be. I mean, you know more than anyone out of anyone when we were younger. Uh, I, I was pretty, I never cared when anyone thought about me. I got in trouble in school. I did dumb things. I made a lot of people laugh and I made a lot of mischief. But at the end of the day, I could always look myself in the mirror and be like, you know, I said and did what I felt. And maybe sometimes, I mean, shouldn't have said things that I did, but when I was growing up, I matured and I knew what not and what to say, what, what I should, what is just not appropriate to say. But I still, to this day, I'll go up to people just like you, very outgoing, extroverted person. So, like, I remember distinctively, like, in high school, I remember when uh, our friend Arthur Nazimento, um, when he was a foreign exchange student our what was it junior year of high school Farrell? yeah it was junior year very early on and uh he was in our physics class and like nobody would talk to him because he came from a different country and just like oh a weird exchange student like what do we do like you said he's a human being you go up to him you you introduce yourself and you say how you doing where are you from? you know all that kind of stuff down introduce stuff that you say on the first day of meeting someone and it just blossomed into a really good friendship and even to this day he's still trying to invite us down there and we got to make that trip happen eventually we keep talking about it yeah that'd be a, amazing but um another one uh he's my best friend to day chad lee he moved down from newark he was from an inner city and uh came down to a suburban place like Marlton and completely different socioeconomic structure and uh he really you tell he could he really didn't I don't think he tried to fit him. has never tried to fit him anywhere but you know there wasn't that many people that really would go and talk to him but he's probably one of the funniest people that I've ever met and a very genuine guy but but yeah you you can't you can't like put yourself in a, in a shell or shelter yourself and just like not experience new things can't be one of those people that are just like 
You know, I'm a Miller Lite drinking. Like, I only like watching football and going to this bar or two with like, my one friend. But you need to go out there and experience You need to try new things so you know what you like and don't like. And you got to – even me, I've had, like, four or five jobs in the last few years. Like, I tried teaching early and – I came back eight years after doing karate. And I thought like it would be a good fit, but it just wasn't for me for whatever reason. And I just realized like I like competing and performing more than being a teacher, and that's okay. But I needed to do it, fail at it, or maybe not even fail at it, but just realize I don't like it to know and to get to something better. In my life. yeah, and you know it's important because. Tying that with what we just were saying about, you know, take things when people say it, you know, chew up all the fat and spit out the bones when it comes to experiences like that. Like, let's just say tomorrow, completely random. I want to go join the Olympics. Train to be in the Olympics. I could easily want to do that. And then you could say, oh, no, I've done that. You don't want to do that. This is why you don't want to do that. This, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that because you tell me that. Or I could go try it and say, hey, you know, I tried it and I actually really like it and this is what I found. Or like, hey, you know, I really tried that and you were right about this, this, and this. So it's like if you base your life choices on what other people have thought about that scenario, that's not good. When people give you advice or input on something you're going to do or someone you're going to meet, again, you know, take it how you will, but don't base the decision solely on it. Use it when you're making the decision, but don't base it solely because if you avoid things or turn different ways based on what people say completely, then not only are you swaying yourself based on their opinion, but you're living through their eyes. You want to live through your eyes, but what they have to say into account, and that's the only way you're going to learn. And one of the biggest things to tie in what you were just saying, it's like you never know until you try. Take the highway, for example. Now, we're in New Jersey, so obviously I'm going to go with 295. But if you're somewhere else, like, I don't know, if you're in Virginia and you take... Uh, so, like... You want to get off at this exit. First, you want to get off at 34B. And you keep driving and you miss the turn. And you're like, oh my gosh, I missed the turn. And you could freak out and try to do all these U-turns to get back to 34B. Or you could keep going, take the next one or two exits down and try to find your way back. And through doing so, you might find a restaurant that you never knew existed. Or you might find a store that you're like, hey, I want to go check this out. And you might meet someone there, or you might have a sense. So the bottom line is, when you have detours in your life, both actually on the road and metaphorically with other life things, when you have those detours, they help you explore new things. We can't always take the same exits, but we can take different exits to get to the same destination, and we might encounter new things along the way. That's very important. Again, not just for driving, but also in life. Because, you know, I'm the biggest proponent... I wanted it right out of college. I thought I was going to stay in Jersey and I didn't get that opportunity. I had to go down to Virginia and you know, like, Hey, I was really bummed about it. I didn't know what to expect. I never lived away, but you know what? I literally said to myself, like, you know what? This is a new experience. It's a detour. I'm going to do it. So what did I do? I did it. And then two years later, I got the opportunity to get to where I originally wanted to go. So I took a two-year detour, but that detour prepared me so much better for me going to where I actually wanted to go. And it's experience and personal life that I've gained that I will not trade for anything in the world. So it's like you may not always get to where you want to go right away. 
and you might not always get the things you want right away, but what you get in place of them or where you go instead of them will prepare you to get to where you want to go or to get what you want. And even if you can't see that initially, you will see that at the end. Like I didn't see that initially, but now when I'm now on the other end of it, I really understand and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I know if you want to speak on it, you can also agree with that because you've had a very long and interesting journey and it's propelled you into the strong young man you are today. And I'm sure you've learned a lot of life experience through the challenges and obstacles of your life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, they always say that the biggest thing to learn from is mistakes and, and negatives and turn them into positives. And I think I learned most from like losing, even when I played uh, college soccer or whatever, and I would give up a goal and, and I was out of positioning or I didn't use correct form to dive and make a save or whatever, just a decision. Maybe I didn't move, shift my defenders over to cover a striker or a midfielder that needed to be covered and it would play over my head and I'd be like, I would obsess over it, but then I'd be like in practice, it would click. I'd be like, this is what I did wrong. This is how I need to improve it. I need my footwork better or I need to drill better at this. And one thing for soccer, then in life as well, like when I went to Slippery Rock University, I was accustomed to now before that I went to Massachusetts, which is, similar to New Jersey I mean for my college they were even more extroverted and a little more like party animals than I was accustomed to but um, I fit right in obviously <laughs> but um, when I went to Slippery Rock it was completely different I most of my friends were from the soccer team who didn't even live in the country and I only got like two or three friends from from Western PA and, and the Midwest like the way I am and the way they are were completely different. There was a lot more introverted, reserved people. And I had to learn to kind of respect that and be kind of more comfortable with myself and just hanging out with myself a lot and just going to the gym or I even took like boxing lessons and stuff like that. I just try to find other things to do. Like it was just a different way of living over there too. Like there's a lot more land, there's more hunting, there's more outdoor activities. It just seems like it, it's completely different than New Jersey. New Jersey is more uh, more cultured. Like, not more cultured. That's not the right word for it. But it's more like. Would you say suburban or? There's more. There's more diversity. There's, um, there's a lot more. Like there's a lot more stores. It's closer to the city here than, than it is there. Um. But I found it hard to kind of fit in there. So I kind of learned, like, to be with myself and kind of build my own self. Like, I, I don't know yeah. how to say it. No, I think, I think I know what you mean. Because, like I said, going back to, you know, moving to Virginia, same thing. I mean, for a while, I would literally just go to work I'd go home and I, you know, I'd have my dinner and I'd watch my TV and that would be it. And I was, wow, I feel like I'm reverting back to my old ways of being in high school. You know, I was very, cause I'm, you know me, I'm a very outgoing person. But when you take someone and you throw them out of your element, they're either going to click right away or they might need a little traction. And hey, I'll be the first to admit, 
I didn't get that traction. And, you know, it wasn't until I started just feeling more comfortable with myself. And then one day my, I went out of my way to introduce myself to, I don't know if he's in this live now, but my friend Hunter. And it's like, he was, because, you know, a lot of people I work with, they're a lot older than me, but, you know, I get along with anybody. But it's not something like I'm going to, you know, they have kids or they're married, so I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not gonna, I mean, we'll hang out, but, you know, it's not like, hey, you want to go uh, hang out happy hour or something. So, you know, long story short, eventually we had some uh, younger people come on. But before that, for a good while, it was just him and we would hang out a lot. But then outside of that, I would just go outside my comfort zone and I'd do different things. You know, D.C. has a lot to do, so... A lot of things I just pushed myself to do, like got to go, I saw the Stanley Cup, you know, I met the Russos, stuff like that. And then put myself out there and like, hey, I'm going to go do this dating event or I'm going to go to this happy hour. I'm going to go explore the city. I'm going to go see the Washington Monument or going to go walk the National Mall or see the Constitution or the Declaration. So it's like, you know, you, you when you're taken out of your element or you have new challenges in your life, if you don't click right away, it's not, it's not a big deal. You know, you'll get there. And if you click right away, great. Keep that experience and help those who don't click right away. And that's another layer when it comes to coping with loss. See, everything we're talking about, it's all tying over to coping with loss. And how does that connect to coping with loss? Well, it's like when you lose someone, you're so accustomed to them being in your life all those years that when you lose them, it's almost like being thrown in a new state. You're not used to not being able to call them up and say, hey, how are you? Or I'm going to go see such and such. They're not there. So it's the same thing and the same rules apply. But whether it takes you a less amount of time or a longer amount of time, it's it's the same principle. I agree. And uh, I'll make my final statement. Um, their loss of life, death, and is a really difficult topic to talk about. But um, I still remember every single day, like, I'll be, I'll be really down sometimes, and I'll think about either Christina, Grimmy, Greg Gale, uh, who older than us, who was a good best friend of my brother's when they were younger, and, uh, and Rob Emmons just uh, tragically passed. But I'll think about, like, the memories that we shared and like it'll make me happy or, or just things that they said to me. I remember when uh, Christina first was on The Voice and I, I had a long, lengthy conversation on Facebook congratulating her and I was really proud of her progress. We were, we were friends. I was better friends with her, with her brother and I hung out with her brother a lot when I was like in middle and high school, but I went to reach out to her and tell her how proud I was because I remember, remember it was our sophomore year we were in history class together and that was that was the last year that she went to Cherokee she started getting homeschooled and everything and then you saw the YouTube videos popping up and she became a much overnight and um, there's a lot of good things that she said to me that, you know, never stop going for your dreams I know a lot of people say don't pay your bills and stuff and but got to have something to motivate you because the only thing that motivates you is getting benefits and making a lot of money and getting materialistic things and like that's it. you're not really living life you're you're i i think dreams impact everything that you do like you need to strive for something make goals even if it's 
realistic, yeah. Like, I wanted to be a professional athlete. My journey did two years ago. I made it into a four-tier league in America, and it was professional, but it, it wasn't anything. But it was still – it still did, and you know, it's your dreams that propel you into the reality that you want. There's either the boring reality where you get up and you go to a job you hate, and that's not your reality. You're living through glasses of a different picture. But if you just strive and do what you want, and you make your dreams a reality, they propel you into the reality that you want. And there's a saying that a lot of people say, and I'm sure you know this, that if you do what you love, the money will come because at the end of the day, you can make, I don't care how many people tell you that if you're making a hundred plus thousand a year, take the money, even if you hate the job, because if you love what you do, you're going to have more drive to want to do it. And you could be making a little less, but you could still be happy because depression, anxiety, all this comes from not being happy. So what good is all that money? If you're not happy and money can't buy happiness and you, by all means, when you pass on, you can't take any of this with you. And one thing I will say, you know me, I always quote movies. I always quote superheroes. It's at the end of Iron Man 3. Tony Stark is having his monologue and he's driving away as he's getting his chest piece removed. He gets out of the car and he throws it in the brown paper bag and he throws it out. This is back when he, you know, he's really, he's evolving. He's evolving out of his cocoon. That's how he wears it. And the thing he says that really resonates with me is that, you know, you can do all these things. You can take all these things away from me. You can take away my money. You can take away my, you know, my life. You can take away my car, my house. But the one thing you can't take away from me is that I'm Iron Man. And basically by, yeah, I know, right? Funny. But what he means by that. Billionaire philanthropist. Playboy. Billionaire philanthropist, yeah. But what he means by that is that you can take away all these materialistic things, but he coined himself as that character or that hero and no one can take that away from him and so the same can be said for us like at the end of the day someone could come right now and take away our houses they could take away our clothes they could take away our money our food but at the end of the day you're still andrew with your mindset and your goals and what you want to do and your happiness and i'm still feral no one's going to take that away so that's something a lot of people should remember too when they're coping with loss is that even though their loved one was taken away from them the image and the memories they have of that person can't won't be taken away. You'll always carry that with you. So physically, they're no longer here, but spiritually and remembering them, it's all up here and it's all here and no one can take that away. And if you're someone who is really depressed and anxious and anxiety and has OCD and you feel really down, I encourage you, you know, to remember that, that no matter what you're going through, it will pass because at the end of the day, you still have a lot to live for and you have yourself, your person. We were all born with the uniqueness that we have. Like we were just talking about how, you know, we're all human and we're all in, we're all one and the same. But to, you know, amend that too, we are one and we're all human beings, but we are all diverse and we all think differently. And we all have our own personality that everybody loves or doesn't love. It depends. But you know, there's, you know, you are you and no one can ever take that away from you and your loved ones will always be with you. It's just a concrete thing. I agree. With that, I think we should wrap it up. 
yes we've been we've been rambling a little bit um thanks for bearing with us everyone who's still here and for those that did watch appreciate that this is our first one gonna be one of many i'm gonna have different guests in here all the time perhaps andrew is not terrified and will come back and be another guest star and if you haven't followed me this video is going to be up on facebook instagram and youtube feralism on facebook at feralism 15 on instagram and feralism on youtube i am working on a website so that will be in the near future i have some videos already up i post quotes i try to on a daily basis i thank you for your time i thank you mr doll for your time i appreciate what you had to contribute tonight and this was coping with loss a feralism edition video with guest star andrew doll and I hope you guys all have a wonderful night. And I hope you guys really took some things away from this tonight. And if you are really depressed, anxious, whatever the case may be, don't be afraid to talk to someone. Please, I encourage you to talk to someone. If you're going to talk to someone, talk to one of us. Talk to me. Talk to Andrew. I know no matter what we're doing, we were more than happy to you know, take a minute out of our day to help someone else out. Because that's what this is all about in life, helping someone, making sure that we're all in a good place. So I implore you, don't be afraid to hit us up. Don't be afraid to hit someone up. Just know you're never alone and someone can help you. Just remember that, guys. And I, with that, I will end this video and I hope everyone has a great night. See you later. Bye, Andrew.